my, 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 my. There's Holy Ghost fire in this place this morning. Turn around, tell your neighbor, you can get what you need in this place today. If you believe that, clap your hands one more time under the Lord in this house. Woo! Amen. You can be seated for just a moment this morning. Welcome to Sunday morning at the Rock Church. Hallelujah. What a privilege and honor it is to have every one of you in the house of the Lord. I want to take a brief opportunity this morning to give a great big welcome one more time to all of our guests that are here with us today. Rock Church, can you help me take it up just a notch uh, with your hands and your, come on, and your voice. Help me make some noise for all of our guests that are here today. We are so honored to have you in the house of the Lord. We pray that you have felt welcomed thus far. We have a little saying here at the Rock Church that you are only a guest for five minutes. After that, you're just at home here at the Rock Church. Amen, somebody. So we want to tell you welcome home today. We're excited you're here. And if this is your very first time at the Rock Church, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you came through the doors this morning. And that card is just an invitation for you to join us immediately after the service in our VIP room. We've got some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of appreciation on our behalf that you would take the time to come and be in service with us today. So from the bottom of our hearts, we want to say welcome to the Rock Church. Would you help me one more time give a great big welcome to all of our guests this morning? Amen. Amen. We're excited about everything that the Lord is doing. Amen. I want to highlight the announcements that were already made. And uh, Rockfest is going to be this Friday. You don't want to miss it. It is always an absolutely incredible time. And so you can get your tickets uh, in the lobby after church today. And uh, it's going to be awesome as well as help Rock Christian Academy with their fundraiser, their popcorn fundraiser. Amen. And uh, not only is it a great fundraiser, but the popcorn is actually amazing popcorn. So you're, you're helping support our, our apostolic school. A amen. As well as get some tasty treats. Anybody come expecting something great from God in this place? Come on, did anybody come expecting something great from God in this place? I just got one question. You shouted with the beat, but can you shout with the meat this morning? Come on, you were shouting with the beat, but can you shout with the meat this morning? Stand with me all over this house. We're going to go to the word of the Lord, the book of Isaiah. Chapter 14 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord with me. Book of Isaiah, chapter number 14. And verse number 12 is where I will begin reading this morning. I want to also remind you that there will be church here on December the 24th, which is a Sunday morning. We will have one service that day, and it will be our Christmas service. It will be absolutely powerful. And uh, so make sure that you make plans, one service on, Chris, on Christmas Eve morning, 
at 11 a.m. It's going to be a great time. And then also uh, on New Year's Eve, that also falls on a Sunday this year. We will have one service at 11 a.m. If you've never been to a New Year's Eve service at the Rock Church, <laughs> you better come ready. It's going to be off the charts. We are going to party our way into 2024 around here. It's going to be incredible. We're going to have a powerful church service. Of course, we always unveil the theme for the following year. And uh, being that it's the fifth Sunday, uh, I believe it's, there's going to be some jump houses and food and all kind of fun stuff going on uh, New Year's Eve morning at 11 a.m. So whatever you got to do, mark your calendars. Make sure you don't miss that. Amen. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, begins with the word how. Now the word how is usually the beginning of a question. But this is not a question. It is an explanation of astonishment. And it reads, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning. One transliteration says, You fell flat on your face in the mud, thou which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. One transliteration says you didn't make it, did you? Instead of climbing up, you came down to the sides of the pit. <laughs> and they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? that did shake the kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness? This little, this this one and he destroyed the cities thereof and the one that opened not the house of his prison this is him and so for a few moments this morning I simply want to preach about the dumbest things the devil has ever done the dumbest things uh, that the devil uh, has ever done. I want you to find about six people sitting next to you uh, and just tell them he's a dumb, dumb devil. Come on, tell somebody he's a dumb devil. Woo. You promised to preach with me. You may be seated this morning. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 1 says that the devil was the most subtle beast of the field. But oftentimes we give him way too much credit. 
The Bible, in fact, declares to us uh, that he goes about uh, as uh, a roaring uh, lion. Uh, it did not say that he was a roaring lion uh, because there's only one lion in the scripture, uh, and that is the lion of Judah. Uh, and so the best uh, that the devil can do uh, is to try and uh, to copy uh, and imitate uh, a lion uh, and all he has is a roar to try and deceive. But I came to preach to somebody in this place that we serve a God that has declared to us that the devil is under our feet and he is already being defeated. I need to preach in church this morning. The first dumb thing that the devil did is he left the truth. John chapter 8 and verse 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, listen, and abode not in the truth. He was there, but he didn't stay there because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil backslid when there wasn't even a devil to tempt him. That's why in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 8, Paul says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you uh, than that we have preached unto you uh, let him be uh, accursed uh, evidently the apostle Paul knew uh, that there would be some point in time uh, where people would preach uh, a gospel uh, that was different uh, than the one that God gave to us you understand there are particular religions out there uh, that believe there was an angel that came from heaven named Moroni who was full of baloney and had some special words to give to humanity that contradicted the scripture. And so when I'm talking to somebody that believes that, I don't refute the fact that there was an angel that came down named Moroni. As a matter of fact, I just agree with them. I said, I do believe in Moroni. I believe he came down uh, and tried to speak to humanity. Uh, but you want to know what he was? Uh, he was an angel of hell. Uh, Paul prophesied uh, that though we or uh, an angel from heaven uh, preach any other gospel to you uh, than that we have preached, uh, let him be uh, accursed. Uh, as we said before, uh, so say I now again, uh, if any man preach uh, any other gospel unto 
unto you uh, than that ye have received. Uh, let him be uh, accursed. Paul said it two times. Uh, he wanted to emphasize the fact uh, that there is only one uh, gospel uh, message, uh, and it's the gospel message uh, that we deliver. Am I in the right church this morning? Uh, there aren't many roads to heaven. Uh, it isn't just get saved any way you want to. Uh, God is not the author uh, of confusion. Uh, and all roads might lead to Rome, uh, but not all roads lead to heaven. Uh, straight is the gate. Uh, narrow is the way uh, that leads to life uh, everlasting. Uh, there is one uh, gospel. What is that gospel that Paul was referring to? Well, all you have to do is go back and read some of his writings to clarify when Paul said that there was one gospel, what was that gospel? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1. Here's what he said. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you, somebody shout, the gospel. The gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. Turn to your neighbor, tell him you're saved by the gospel. If ye keep in memory uh, what I preached unto you, uh, unless ye have believed uh, in vain. Uh, I love that verse of scripture. I'm sorry. Uh, it takes more than believing uh, in order to make it to heaven. Uh, if you really believe, uh, it's going to lead you to obey, obeying uh, the gospel uh, message. Uh, if you believe, uh, but you don't obey, uh, then you have believed uh, in vain. I wish I had a church in the building today. If all it took was believing to make it to heaven, then the devil is saved. Because the scripture declares, thou believest in one God and thou doest well. The devils also believe. The devil knows there's only one God uh, and he's on his way to hell. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, it takes more than believing. Uh, you've got to obey uh, the gospel message uh, that ye have heard. So what is that message? Listen, he goes on to tell us in verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, uh, that which I also received, uh, how that Christ uh, died for our sins uh, according to the scripture, the death, and that he was buried, the burial, and uh, that he rose again uh, the third day uh, according uh, to uh, the scripture. Uh, so according to the apostle Paul, uh, what is the gospel message? Uh, it is the death, uh, the burial, uh, and the resurrection uh, of Jesus. I need all the apostolics in the building uh, not to sit there like you heard this a hundred times. Uh, you ought to be more excited about the gospel message uh, now uh, than the very first time that you ever heard for it. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection.
salvation. There is no other gospel message. There is no other saving message. There is no other way to make it to heaven. You can back up even further and look at the Apostle Paul in Acts 19, verses 1 through 10, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. That word disciple, same place we get the word discipline. These were people who were living a life that were that was disciplined after Christ. They were professed believers. These were people who, if you met them, would say, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? They were disciples. And he asked the disciples, those ones, a question. He said, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? I know you say you're a believer, but since you've started believing, have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether they be any Holy Ghost. They said, we don't know what you're talking about. We've never heard of this Holy Ghost. He said, oh, if that's the case, then let me ask you this question. He said unto them, unto what then were ye baptized. I'm telling you, it matters how you're baptized. It doesn't just matter that you got wet. It doesn't matter that somebody just put you down in a tank because there's a biblical method and formula of baptism that is the only way of salvation or else he wouldn't have asked them the question. He said, I want to know how exactly were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Uh, listen to his response. Uh, John verily baptized uh, with a baptism of repentance, uh, saying unto the people uh, that they should believe on him uh, which has come after him, uh, that is, on Christ Jesus. Uh, what he was telling them is, uh, I'm glad you started your journey uh, with repentance. Uh, you were baptized, uh, but you were baptized according to the one message uh, that John preached. Uh, and that was the message of repentance. But that's not enough because John told you that there was one coming after him that was mightier than he, a man by the name of Christ. And the Bible says that when they heard this, they were baptized. Hold on, I thought they were baptized already. They were, but they had not yet been baptized in the only saving name of Jesus. And so they they were re-baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're not sure how you were baptized or you were sprinkled as a child or you were baptized in a method that wasn't biblical, I got good news for you today. You're in good company. You can be baptized again this morning in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I wish I had a shouting church in the building this morning.
the authority of baptism isn't in the water it's in the name the authority of baptism is in the power of the resurrected Christ something supernatural begins to happen when you go down in the water and the name of Jesus is called out over your life somebody give him a praise for the revelation of being baptized in Jesus and when Paul somebody shout Paul had laid his hands upon them the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and they prophesied this is exactly what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost when they asked him men and brethren what shall we do then Peter said repent and be baptized every one of you am I in the right church in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and he shall not ye will not your might not possibly but ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise for the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall that's what I'm talking about somebody ought to be excited enough to still run the aisles over the Acts 238 message somebody ought to still be excited to dance over the Acts 238 Don't be like the dumb devil who left the truth. There is no other gospel. Stay in the truth. This is the only gospel that saves. This is the only gospel that delivers. Romans says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's why I shout over Acts 2.38. That's why I jump over Acts 2.38. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is, it is the power of God under sound. But that dumb devil left the truth. And as soon as the devil left the truth, he fell. Tell your neighbor he fell. Luke 10 and 18 says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. But I got good news today. The devil may have fallen, but here's what the word says about us. 
in Ephesians 2 and 6 that he hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 uh, says, For the Lord himself uh, shall descend from heaven uh, with uh, a uh, shout. I believe if God's coming with a shout, uh, then we got to be ready uh, with a shout. Uh, every time we shout in church, uh, we're just getting ready for his return. Uh, every time I shout, uh, I'm just getting ready uh, for the return of Jesus. Uh, somebody ought to lift your voice uh, if you know that he's coming uh, and shout, shout, uh, because he raised us up. Uh, shout, uh, because he picked you up. Uh, shout, uh, because he lifted you uh, out of the miry clay. to descend with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we tell your neighbor we which are alive and remain I wonder if some of us are alive this morning you ought to move your hand at least a little bit you ought to shake your head a little bit let the devil know you're alive in this place today then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord we used to sing a song well I'm on my way to heaven and I won't turn back well I'm on my way to heaven and I can't turn back I won't stop tell your neighbor I'm on my way to heaven and so when the devil tries to remind you about your past you need to remind him about his future you need to remind him devil you backslid when there wasn't a devil I've got a promise that God's coming back to take me up in the sky but Revelation 20 and 10 says that the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and there he will be tormented day and night forever you need to remind the devil you fell but I'm getting up you need to remind the enemy you fell down but I'm on my way up I wish somebody in the building would just shout because you're on your way I may have stumbled I may have fell I may have got tripped up but devil I got back up I stood back up I'm 
thinking back up and I'm on my way up you're on your way dumb devil tell your neighbor he's a dumb devil left the truth number two of the dumbest things the devil has ever done he tried to kill God can you imagine that the devil tried to kill God Luke chapter 22 verse 3 says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. That dumb devil you would think that he would know the scripture because in John chapter 12 uh, verse 23 it says and I if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men unto me this he said signifying what death he would die he was speaking of the crucifixion. Jesus was raised up above the earth on the cross. And now he is drawing all men. Why was it so dumb to try and kill God? Because as long as Jesus was alive, the devil was only fighting one son. But when Jesus laid on the cross and died, he opened the door for us to be adopted. 1 John 3 and 2, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. He went from fighting one son to now he's got a deal with many sons. Can I preach to you that hell has a headache because of Calvary? I said hell has a headache because of Calvary. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 2 and 8 says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The scripture said, obviously, the devil was too dumb 
to understand the consequence of Calvary. That's what the scripture is saying. They were too stupid to understand because if the devil would have known what was going to happen, they would have never hung him on the tree. They would have never drove the nails through his hands. But the moment they lifted him up on that cross, the door was open. And now it's not one son, but it's a mighty army of the children I wish I had. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. It's an army of God's. Number three on the list of the dumbest things the devil has ever done. Some of y'all might know what I'm talking about here. The third dumbest thing is that the devil attacks the saints. He is ignorant of the scripture that says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Come on, somebody. The weaker I get, the stronger that God gets in my life. You dumb devil, the more you attack me and the weaker I get, it's a chance for the strength of my God to raise up against you. Psalm 68 says, let God arise. When I have to get down, it's time for God to arise. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee from before him. Surely, that dumb devil has read Isaiah 54 and 17 that says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. I need some people to shout right here. Brother Dalen, the weapon might be formed. It might be launched. It might come to you, but it will not prosper. I just need a shouting church in the building. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn her. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's why we sing songs like no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know we win. I'm tired of apostolics that quote Romans 8.28 but don't live it. 
For we know, not guess, not hope, not dream, for we know. Tell your neighbor, I know that I know that I know that all things, all things, not some things, not the comfortable things, not just the blessing things, not just the happy things, not just the exciting things, but all things work together for the good. Some of y'all can quote it, but every time something you don't like is going on in your life, you come to church and sit like a bump on a dill pickle. And you can't praise him. Uh, you're sad. Uh, you're downtrodden. You don't have a revelation of this scripture. Uh, baby, what you think is evil uh, is God working for you. You got to learn how to shout over closed doors. You got to learn how to shout over sickness. You got to learn how to run when you get betrayed. You got to learn how to dance when they lie about you. You got to learn how to give God the glory in the middle of your struggle. Why? Because it's working for my good. It's working for me. Some of y'all gonna get it in just a moment. Some of y'all gonna start shouting in just a moment when it hits you that the trial you're going through is actually working on your behalf just because you don't see it, just because you can't quantify it, just because it's beyond your comprehension. Uh, is working for us. All things. And I love the word he uses here, are working together. The good with the bad. You go try to make a cake with just sugar and flavoring and see how it comes out. It won't work. You know what it needs to work? You gotta have a little bit of salt. <laughs> you gotta have some flour. <laughs> flour is gross by itself. Salt is gross by itself. But when you put it together with the sugar and you put it together with the rest of the ingredients, all of a sudden it works. Something God's got the master recipe for the blessing in your life. And it takes a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It takes a little blessing and it takes a little bit of struggle. It takes a little bit of favor and it takes a little betrayal. Come on somebody he working all things together this is why Joseph was able to say you meant it for evil but God 
meant it for good. Uh, come on, I'm preaching about the dumbest things. Every time the devil comes against you, guess who he's employed by? I can't get no honest people in the building. Every time the devil launches an attack, guess who he's reporting to? He's got to be accountable. He couldn't mess with Job without permission. I can't get no shouters in the building. You mean God would allow this to happen? Uh, you bet your bippy he will uh, because God's got a recipe uh, that he's trying to work uh, and Satan is nothing more than a tool uh, that the God, uh, I wish I had some shouters in the building. Uh, uh, can I stop and preach something here for a minute? Did you ever notice <laughs> that when Satan came against Job, we have all these conversations. Satan, and he's talking to God back and forth over and over. And then you have conversations of Job and his wife and his friends and his servants. But did you notice that in the entire attack, Satan gained permission. And when he gained permission, there was never a single conversation between Satan and Job. Not one time. You know why? Because when the devil has permission, he has no need to talk to you. The only time the devil's going to talk to you is when he knows he doesn't have permission to move against you. I can't get no help up in here. And so the next time the enemy is trying to speak to you, uh, you ought to get a smile on your face uh, and understand uh, he's trying to talk to me uh, because God won't give him permission uh, to attack me. Uh, all things uh, work together, uh, you dumb devil. Oh, somebody ought to shout in this place. God will take the devil's plans against you and use them for your benefit. Balak hired Balaam to curse God's people. And when he got back, Balak was mad because instead of cursing God's people, every time he opened his mouth, the only thing that would come out was a blessing. And Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them altogether. Here's what he says Behold, I have received a commandment to bless. Woo! That tells me that God's plan overrides the enemy's plan every time. I don't care what weapon was formed. God's plan trumps the enemy's plan. He said, I know what you told me to do, but I received a commandment to bless. And he hath blessed. And I cannot reverse it. 
Can I preach to somebody uh, that the enemy uh, cannot reverse uh, the blessing of God that's in your life? Somebody ought to run the aisles right there. I said it doesn't matter what the enemy does. He cannot reverse the blessing of God that's in your life. And so Paul summarizes like this. In Romans 8.31 he says, What shall we say then to these things? In other words... How should we respond to struggles? Here's how you respond. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's the appropriate response. I wish somebody would stand up in the face of the enemy this morning and just shout in the face of that dumb devil and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Devil, you can hit me with your best shot, but it won't work. I said it won't work. I said it won't work. First John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. One place. Jesus said something about tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In this world, you shall have many tribulations. If you look up the etymology and the study of all that, he means pressure. In this world, there's going to be pressure. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got 15 of y'all. Anybody know what pressure is like? I don't remember this, the, the numbers, but did you know that if you calculated the atmospheric pressure that there is pressure on you right now on your body. There's atmospheric pressure. I don't remember how many pounds per square inch that is pressing against you. Not to mention the pressure of the gravitational force of the earth pulling you down. But you want to know what keeps you from imploding? The pressure inside of you is greater than the pressure that's outside of you. I can't get a help. Huh? You want to know what keeps the enemy from running you down? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, I wish somebody would go ahead and turn loose another shout in the building because it doesn't matter what the enemy does. It will not work. Dumb devil never learned his lesson. Because if you go to Exodus chapter 1 verse 8, it says there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, listen, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we 
Come on. Let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it came to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. They're so big that if we ever get into a conflict with somebody, they're going to join with our enemy and they're going to rise against us and we're going to lose our grip on them as slaves and they're going to leave us. And so in verse 11 it says, Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Python and Ramses. Listen, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and they grew. Oh, the more the enemy afflicts you with every brick that was on their back. They were up under the load, but the enemy didn't realize I'm under a load, but I'm getting stronger with every step I take. My legs are getting stronger. My back is getting stronger. My arms are getting stronger. Somebody needs to let the devil know we don't die. We multiply. The more they were afflicted, the more they grew. Anybody ever prayed said, God, I want to grow? Only one person will admit it in the church. God, I want to grow. I want to be. I will be what you call me. I want to grow, God. You know what it takes to grow? Resistance. Pressure. So you need to learn every time there's affliction, roll up your sleeves and let the devil know when the going gets tough, the tough get going. This is just an opportunity to grow. This is just an opportunity to take my prayer life to the next level. This is just an opportunity to dig into the word a little bit more. This is just an opportunity to exercise my faith a little bit more. Somebody or to give God a praise. Number four, I ain't got time to preach all of these in detail. The dumbest, on the list of the dumbest things the devil ever did. He let Jesus pray one last prayer. Luke 23, 34, then Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do, dumb devil. You should have never let him pray that prayer on the cross. But that dumb devil let him pray one last prayer. And with that one last prayer, God unleashed his grace and his mercy over all of humanity. Number five dumbest things the devil has ever done. He tried to put the church in jail. Acts chapter 16 verse 23 said, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, 
They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Before he put them in jail, everybody was locked up. Before he put them in jail, everybody was in bondage but when he tried to put the church in jail everybody that was bound was set free and the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled but Paul cried with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out listen and said sirs what must I do to be saved when you try to put the church in jail it turns into a revival breakout and they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ I need the other microphone this one got wet believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway and when he had brought them into his house he said meet before them and rejoiced believing God with all of the house I can't to tell you uh, you can tell uh, when it's revival time uh, by the way the enemy tries uh, to attack the church uh, when the enemy uh, tries to put the church in jail uh, it breaks out uh, into uh, a revival do you understand this morning that it is not the devil that has binding and loosing power. But it is the church that has the power to bind and to loose. I wish I had a witness in the building. Matthew 16 and 13. Jesus comes, says, who do men say that I am? Some say you're John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But whom say ye that I am? Then Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Somebody ought to give God a praise because binding and loosing belongs to God's people. Can I preach to you for a moment one way that we bind the enemy? Psalm 149 and 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. I love all the old songs. I love to sing them. But for people who don't want to let go and do anything different than the old songs, the Bible said sing a new song unto him. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise him in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and with the harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. God is pleased with our worship. God is pleased with our dancing. God is pleased with our singing. God is pleased with our shouting. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Turn to your neighbor and look at them. Does that face look like it's got joy? If they're frowning or staring at you like a statue, tell them, hey, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God said, let the saints be joyful. I'm going to preach that again. When we come to the house of God, God said, let the saints be This isn't a funeral. This isn't a library. This isn't a meditation center. Baby, when we walk in here, it's time for the saints of God to be joyful. Joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. I dare you tonight when you lay down to go to sleep. 
Start singing. No matter what the weapon is, your spouse. Just tell them I'm singing aloud on the bed like Jesus said. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. The high praise. Not the low praise. Not the tired praise. Not the discouraged praise. Not like the hurry up and get me out of here. Come on, somebody. Uh, let the high praise. Uh, let the high praise uh, of God uh, be uh, in uh, their uh, mouth. Uh, somebody open your mouth uh, and give him uh, a high praise. I'm waiting for some of y'all that think you're at the library relaxing. Uh, you got a command from God uh, to give him a high praise. Uh, come on. Uh, you get more excited at Disney roller coaster rides than you are right now. Uh, some of you get more excited uh, playing playing card games at the table uh, than what you are right now. Uh, you ought to give God uh, a high praise uh, in this place. Preaching to you, the Bible said, let everything that hath breath, the only qualification you need to give him praise is the fact that you've got breath in your lungs. If you're breathing right now, you ought to lift your voice and give God a high Why? Why do we do all that? I'll tell you why. Verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Listen, the devil doesn't have binding power. But verse 8 says that when we do all those things, we bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. You want to know how to bind the enemy? It's with your praise and worship to God. Something happens in a church. I've seen it over and over again. When a spirit of distraction comes against a church, but somebody gets the revelation of binding the enemy. And as the praise of God's people begins to rise, all of a sudden the binding happens and the enemy is tied up and the enemy is restricted. I'm preaching to somebody in the building. We've got the power to bind the enemy. Somebody ought to praise him and put the devil in a chokehold this morning. You ought to shout and put the devil under your... It 
goes on to say in verse 8, this honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. And then it goes to Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. I'm glad you praise him at home, but you've got a command to praise him in the sanctuary. If you praise him at home, bring your praise with you to the house of God. You're in the right place at the right time to give God the praise in this place. Praise him in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sultry and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud sounding cymbal. Praise him on the high sounding cymbals. Let everything, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Yes. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. If you know the devil's under your feet, I dare you to take about 60 seconds and stomp on the devil's head. That dumb devil, he thought he would bind me up. He thought he could stop me. He thought he could trick me. Somebody ought to take a moment and shout and bind the enemy.
I tell you, the last thing, the dumbest thing that the devil has ever done, he allowed you to come to church today. Somebody in the building, the enemy tried to stop you, but you made it to the house of God. I dare you to jump out of your seat and run to this altar and let the devil know I came to get my breakthrough. I came to get my blessing.
you to do this morning, if you're in this place and you've been in a fight for a breakthrough, I want you to get as close to this altar as you can this morning. Come on. Come on. I want you to scoot up and get as close as you can to this altar with your hands in the air. If there's some things you've been fighting for and believing God for and, and you've been, been getting up every day striving and working, I want you to get as close as you can. Come on. Don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. I want you to get up as close as you can. I want you to lift up your hands with faith in this morning. And I don't want you to give God a prayer uh, of woe is me, uh, but I want you to lift your voice uh, and I want you to begin to declare uh, the word of the Lord over your life uh, that no weapon uh, formed uh, against you uh, shall be able uh, to prosper. No Come on, I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It won't work No weapon Formed against me Shall prosper It won't work No weapon Come on, come on Formed against me Lift your hands
Somebody lift your hands all over this place this morning and give God a praise. Come on, let's give God a praise in this house. Come on, let's give God a great praise in this house. Yes. Yes. Come on, a high praise. Come on, a high praise. Come on, a high praise. A high praise. Yalabaya no bo shatana. 